Welcome to Get to Know NHTO episode number four. This is your co-host Tom Baker with Erica Cochran. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate all the great feedback that we've been getting for our first three episodes. You might have caught our third episode, which had President Quinn Bullock of CCAC and Melissa Mason, our resource coordinator, and also Millville Citizen of the Year. So we hope that you enjoyed episode number three. On episode number four, we're going to have the executive director of Grow Pittsburgh, Danelle Houston. We're going to have Alyssa Crawford, our garden and youth coordinator. This is really special. We're going to have Teresa Emilio, whose mom is the namesake of our garden in Bellevue. Erica, I can't believe we're going to have Teresa on the show. It's going to be so nice to hear her story. She is such a special woman, and NHCO is so honored that she's going to speak with us today. Her legacy and her story is just an amazing one. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back in just one second with Danelle Houston, the executive director of Grow Pittsburgh. Our headline guest on episode number four of the Get to Know NHGO podcast is Danelle Houston. Danelle is the executive director of Grow Pittsburgh. Welcome to the show, Janelle. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be spending time with you. I'm happy to have a special co-host for this portion of the uh, show as well, too. Alyssa Crawford is going to be asking some of the questions along with me during your interview. Just to let our listeners know, Danelle, I know you have a background for many years with Grow Pittsburgh, now as the executive director, but previously as the director of farm education and as the education and outreach coordinator. Education-wise, you went to Pitt for undergrad and CMU. It looks like you went to uh, my old stomping ground. Of the Heinz College. You got your MSPPM. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Very good. Well, congrats on all of your success. I, I will just say on a personal and professional level, it's been neat to follow your career and see all the great things that you've been doing. I was thrilled when you got announced as the uh, the ED, the Executive Director of Grow Pittsburgh. One thing that maybe not everyone knows is the really great connection, the link between Grow Pittsburgh and NHCO through the garden. Alyssa's going to share a little bit about the background 10 years ago. It was really remarkable what happened. We were founded in large part to grow Pittsburgh. Would you mind speaking a little bit about that? Yeah, you were one of our first community gardens that we helped install um, 10 10 years ago. Um, It's part of our community garden program where we helped support gardens um, being installed through community groups throughout Allegheny County. So we're really happy to see that it's still thriving and still a really successful garden. We we have Grow Pittsburgh to thank for ongoing support, too. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that. Yes, so um, Grow Pittsburgh offers a sustainability fund, which is a micro-grant program where we support existing food-growing projects throughout the city. So anything that you are a community garden that already has a garden going, making sure that they get infrastructure support or technical support as well where they can apply to our sustainability funds. I think we have two deadlines a year. Our last one just passed in April, so our next one should be open until sometime in October. Yes, and actually our garden received that sustainability fund grant this year. We will be receiving some insect netting to help keep the insects and the groundhogs off of our crops. So we're really glad to be able to receive that and use that and keep those groundhogs from eating all of our precious vegetables. In the past, we've received donations of straw bales and compost and some really important things to help our garden grow. We appreciate that. That's great. Yeah, we're happy to help. We just want to make sure that gardens really can keep growing and um, for generations to come. We know that these food growing spaces are so important to both our mental health 
and our physical health that Grow Pittsburgh just really, our goal is to make sure garden programs can be successful and sustainable for the years to come. That's amazing, Danelle. And again, as Alyssa said, just wanted to echo, thank you for all of your support from yourself and from also Grow Pittsburgh. This is Get to Know NHGO, but let's get to know Danelle Houston a little bit. Can you tell us just a little bit about your background, kind of how you ended up in this line of work in the nonprofit sector and the doing good sector? What kind of led you to this career? Yeah, um, so my background is not in food growing at all. I just kind of fell into that with the Pittsburgh, but I've always had a garden at my home, so food has always been very important to me. But my background really started in doing out-of-school education, like really wanting to make sure that youth and had opportunities to learn outside of the classroom, because I know that their learning does not stop at the end of the school day. And there's important to create systems and safety, um, safe spaces for youth to really grow and explore. So that's where I did a lot of my research and like a lot of my undergrad and graduate careers at Pittsburgh Public Schools, um, helping with being a summer dreamer intern. I did an internship at the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. with their Office of Internship and Fellowships, really, again, focusing on that out-of-school time education. And then I was brought on to be, I came to Pittsburgh Job Corps after that, where I was the mentoring coordinator and the women's program coordinator, again, with that outside of the classroom education providing system. And then uh, Grove Pittsburgh had an opportunity to really revamp their um, urban farm apprenticeship program to make sure that the programs that we're having are inclusive and we're really resources to the communities that we're in. So Grove Pittsburgh, we have our farm sites in Braddock at Braddock Farms and North Point Bridge, which is really close to Homewood, and making sure that our programs there are accessible to the local community and really what the community needed. So transforming that into the job training programs that's focused on learning transferable skills through the lens of urban farming. So, Danelle, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your team, kind of your staff and your board and, and the volunteers that get involved with Grow Pittsburgh. Yeah, so Grow Pittsburgh, we have uh, 18 full-time staff where we work on really four different programs throughout um, to provide the services that we do to support urban farming and urban growing in the region. So we have our farm education and production side, which is focused on our farm sites. So Brad, our four farm sites are Braddock Farm, Shiloh Farm, a wing of the greenhouse at the Frick Pittsburgh, and our newly acquired, our newest site, Garden Dreams, we're building a brand-new state-of-the-art greenhouse. And there we focus on food all of our food access initiatives, so making sure that there's local produce available, um, pop-up farm stands, and experiential learning, so hands-on skills through urban farming. Our high school apprenticeship program, our high school internship program, and work share programs as well. So we always have volunteer groups out, and we really try to be resources for those communities. And then our next program would be our school garden programming, where we have 43 school gardens throughout Allegheny County, where we do it through two different programs, really a flagship model and our learning tree model. Our flagship, we're sending a garden educator into the classroom to teach a weekly lesson. And they are there all year round and they're really supporting that school and that garden on their own. And then we have our learning train model, which is a train a trainer model, where we stock um, gardens at these schools that are 19 inches high on existing surfaces. So they are accessible to all students, but also training the teachers to use these gardens in their everyday curriculum. And we support them for two years in the, in the intensive program, but we're always checking in to make sure that their gardens are staying sustainable and upkeep and we're always checking back in to see what support Growth Pittsburgh can offer to these schools. We're always looking for new schools to apply for that program. We're, look, we're branching out in the early childhood programming as well. 
So we want to have programming from your littlest babies all the way to adults, making sure that that continuum of programming is happening. And our last um, program is our community community project that you're familiar with already. We spoke a little bit earlier. And then we have also through that program, we have our Garden Resource Center, which is our tool lending library, um, where people can apply for a usership fee there where you get all you need for your your garden. So compost, topsoil, and you can rent tools like your tillers, your lawnmowers, your weed whackers. And then we also have an operations team, which is supporting all of the work that our amazing staff does. That's incredible, Danelle. I've been an admirer of yours. I've been, a, you know, a fan of your organization, but I did not know it was that big in scope. So that is a really a lot of good content for, you know, for, for myself. I'm sure Alyssa already knew all these things, but uh, that's a lot of good info for me. I appreciate it. That's also a lot of great of information and background for our listeners on the podcast as well, too. So congrats on all that success. That is really incredible. So, Danelle, what are some of your kind of hopes and plans for the next few years for Grow Pittsburgh? What are some of the big projects or initiatives that maybe Grow Pittsburgh is working on? For for us, our newest project is our garden dreams. It's like our newest greenhouse space. It's in Wilkinsburg. It was originally founded by one of the founders of Grove Pittsburgh, and then she donated that space to Grove Pittsburgh. And through a partnership with the Allegheny Land Trust and the Three Rivers Agricultural Land Initiative, that space is preserved in perpetuity as green urban agricultural space. So we're very excited to turn that into an urban agricultural hub where we are bringing people all together surrounding urban farming and urban growing. Be that for world workshops, we'll have our seedling sell out of there. We're going to hopefully start doing regional teacher trainings and regional training. So making that space a resource hub for urban farming and urban growing in this area it's really exciting for me what we're going to focus on next. That's incredible, Danelle. We're so just inspired by your work. We're very appreciative to have you as somebody that's working with NHGO. What are the best ways for our listeners to keep in touch with the organization and learn more about Grow Pittsburgh? Yeah, please visit us on all of our social media accounts. We have an Instagram account. We're at Grow Pittsburgh, our Facebook account. We also have a website, and we're always looking for people to come and volunteer and get more involved with our programming. We also have workshops for the general public. So we're always having people come in and support. And then we're all, we're always looking for donations as well. well. Anything you can give to us helps us complete our mission and make sure that we're teaching people how to grow food and promoting the benefits of Garden Springs for our neighborhoods. That is amazing. You're doing such great work, Danelle. Thanks to you and to your team uh, for working with us alongside NHGO for being a big part of why we've been able to do all that we've been able to do over these last 10 years with our garden in Bellevue. So that was Danelle Houston, the executive director of Grow Pittsburgh, our headline guest here on episode number four of the Get to Know NHGO podcast. We'll be back in just a minute, actually, with you, Alyssa Crawford, to share a little bit about what's going on in the garden with NHGO. We're back here on episode number four of Get to Know NHGO with the terrific Alyssa Crawford, who is the Garden and Youth Coordinator for North Hills Community Outreach. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great. We're so glad to have you here. And the work that you've been doing for years now at the Garden is really exemplary, and we're so proud of all of your efforts to make a big difference through North Hills Community Outreach. Before we talk specifically about the Garden, let's hear a little bit about your background. What led you to being interested in gardening and to working in this sector? Yeah, great question. So when I was in college, I was studying community development, and I was interested in entering the nonprofit sector, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I took a one-credit gardening class, and I loved it. It was so much fun to put a seed in the ground and see where that seed went. 
And so from there, I managed a food pantry, and then I moved to Pittsburgh for Chatham's Food Studies program. So I am really lucky to be doing exactly what I set out to be doing, to be working in urban agriculture at a nonprofit organization. Alyssa, if you can, please tell us a little bit about the history of the garden in Bellevue. Yeah, so you may know that we are called the Rosalinda Saro Siriani Garden, and it is a memorial garden. The Siriani family grew up across the street from the garden. They immigrated here from Italy, and they eventually bought the property across from their house, which is now our current garden. And the daughter of Rosalinda, Teresa Emilio, she donated the property to North Hills Community Outreach with the agreement that we would turn the property into an organic food pantry garden in memory of her mother. That's wonderful. And I know we're going to have Teresa on the next segment to share a little bit about her family's story. So that is excellent. So maybe you don't mind just telling us a little bit about what is accomplished over the course of a year at the garden. I know so much good happens there. So many people get involved, but programmatically, how does it help support clients to have the garden? Our main goal at our garden is to provide as much nutrient-dense, fresh, organic vegetables and fruits to our three food pantries. So that's the main goal, but we do a lot of work beyond that. We provide a lot of educational opportunities. We provide a lot of volunteering opportunities, and I think that we provide just a great community space that's so beautiful and relaxing. A lot of our volunteers come back over and over again. We have some volunteers who have been there 10 years since the start of the garden, and they just are very committed to the mission. Can you give us some examples of things you grow? What are some of the most unique items that we can find in the garden? So we grow just about any vegetable that you can think of. We try to grow more standard varieties of crops that our food pantry clients will be familiar with. Things like red tomatoes, sweet bell peppers, grow lots of lettuces. We grow over a 100 varieties of vegetables. Beyond that, we have fruit. We have peaches, pears, plums, apples, lots of berries, culinary herbs. And we also grow a lot of native perennials. Those are great for the environment, and they attract beneficial insects to our garden. So you talked a lot about the volunteers and how dedicated they are. That's a really unique experience to be able to volunteer in the garden. If someone was interested in coming out to the garden, what would you say their skill level would need to be if they wanted to get involved? We accept anyone with any level of experience. I always tell folks that you don't need to know anything about gardening as long as you come in with a good attitude and you're willing to listen and learn. We can get you learning about gardening. You, you know, half of your title is youth coordinator. So, Alyssa, if you don't mind, share with us a little bit about how kids and class trips and, and groups of kids can, you know, Boy Scout and Girl Scout troops can volunteer there at the garden. I know a lot of kids get involved at the garden, and it's a great probably foray into volunteerism for them for the, that will hopefully build them as lifelong leaders. But one of their first experiences with volunteering is with you at the garden. So maybe if you can share a little bit about the impact of kids and, and young people in the organization. Yes, absolutely. We love having kids of any age to the garden. Every summer we hire two student interns. Those are high school students, and they are with us throughout their whole summer break learning about gardening. And beyond that, we host pretty much any group you can think of running the gamut from 
corporate group to school groups, sports teams, church groups, but a lot of those are youth organizations. We'll usually start with an educational tour where they can learn more about North Hills Community Outreach and our mission and our programs, and then we learn about what's happening in the garden. And I always like for folks who come out to sample at least one thing. Mm-hmm. Erica had mentioned that asked us about more unusual crops, which I, I guess I didn't really mention. Some of our favorites have been cucamelons, and those look like mini, mini watermelons that taste like cucumbers. That's a very popular one. (laughs) We also grow this herb called spilanthes that makes your mouth water and foam. That's a fun one, too. (laughs) Interesting. We got a little off track there, but... (laughs) That's okay. No, since we're talking about interesting things, there's a lot, like you said, a lot more than just growing crops going on at the garden. I understand that we have an apiary, and that is really, really important to help the garden. Can you explain kind of the importance of having the bees there and what they provide for the crops? We implemented that apiary over five years ago, and there was actually a property back there, which meant that that specific plot of land was contaminated with lead, so it wasn't great for growing our food crops. So we thought, why not put an apiary there since the soil is contaminated? And we have volunteer beekeepers who manage the hives there. (laughs) The bees provide a lot of benefits to our garden. They pollinate a lot of our crops especially our fruit trees and our fruiting vegetables like squash and tomatoes and they also provide honey as we're talking it's july 14th we are just 15 days away from the big day at the garden the 10th anniversary celebration i know Alyssa, you and erica and dr kathy dr from our board have been working really hard on a special event Tell us, if you don't mind, a little bit, what does it mean to you to know that this garden now has been around for 10 years doing so much good in the community? I think it's just wonderful. Unfortunately, a lot of community gardens, they struggle with longevity. But we're fortunate that we own the property. We have a dedicated staff member committed to keeping the garden as a garden. This has allowed us to be in existence for 10 years, which is just commendable. Great. It's just an incredible amount of pounds of produce that are harvested every year at the garden. If you don't mind, Alyssa, remind us roughly how many pounds are harvested per year at the garden. The number is about 5,000 pounds every year, and we couldn't do that with, without the wonderful support of our volunteers. In a typical year, we have about 250 volunteers who come out. That's amazing. That's really incredible. So, well, congrats on 10 years. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary event in just over two weeks, July 29th at the garden. It's going to be a remarkable day. Yeah. As always, very impressed, Alyssa, with what the garden does and your knowledge and how you keep it going. So we are very lucky to have you. Thanks, Alyssa. And just in a moment, we'll be joined by Teresa Emilio, who helped incredibly with the founding of the garden in Bellevue. We're so happy to have her joining us on the podcast in just a second. Welcome back to the Get to Know NHCO podcast. We're here with a very famous person in NHCO history, Teresa Emilio. Teresa is the daughter of Rosalinda Saro Siriani, who is the namesake of our garden in Bellevue. Teresa, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm honored. We are so, Erica and I are just thrilled to be chatting with you. You know, I, Alyssa Crawford's had great experiences with you over the years, and, and your family's legacy is truly established, truly firmed up through the garden, which does so much good, and it couldn't happen without you and your family. So just on behalf of NHTO, I want to start off by saying a big thank you. 
Oh, you're welcome. I'm honored. You know, Erica and I were just wondering for the podcast, what does it mean to you that your family's legacy and that your mom's legacy is really cemented so strongly with the garden? Well, I'm going to try not to cry. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think of my mom uh, immigrating to Italy, uh, like a sixth grade education, but she always professed to us charitable and learning. So that's how we grew up. And I have images of her always, always, always in the garden. But we got those messages long, long and, and continuously. So we're we're gifted with our parents. That's great. I, I, I will say, I mean, 500,000 plus pounds of produce are harvested every year. 250 volunteers are engaged through the garden. It, it's certainly a spotlight of this year, but of all years, really, for NHCO. As we come up on this 10-year anniversary, have there been any special moments or memories for you or maybe anyone else in your family over that time at the garden? Well, I talked to my brother, Nikki and Ernie, because they're actually the ones that raised money when they were little to buy the garden that my mom's memorial garden is on. So I just wanted to mention that in honor of them, uh, Nikki and Ernie, they were like 12 and 11. Oh, oh my gosh. They, yes, they sold papers and shoveled snow to make money to buy that land where my mom's garden is. That now, is you have, very you remember impressive. that we lived across the street and had that land, an old house that still sits across the street from the memorial garden, but Nikki and Ernie are the ones who actually bought the land so my parents could garden. And then a few years back, they didn't know what to do with it, so they gave it to me. And the irony of that is my whole family worked in the garden, except I was in the house boiling pasta, (laughs) and I didn't work in the garden. So then that's when I approached Faye Morgan and the Outreach, if they would like to have a garden for the community outreach. And look what has become of that small act of kindness. Now we have this incredible garden, and you still frequent the garden, correct? You you go out and you see what Alyssa's doing pretty frequently? Oh, yes. Yes, not this year with the pandemic that I do in other years. I Because I'm not a gardener, I bring the iced tea and cookies. <laughs> Well, that's very important. You know, the story of your family and getting involved in 11- and 12-year-olds, one beautiful thing that we see at the garden continually are young people getting active, learning about volunteerism through the garden. So it is kind of serendipitous and nice that the fact that an 11- and 12-year-old did so much good to raise funds back in the day, now it still exists so that young people can give back and make a difference. I have heard a little bit about your mom's heirloom bean. I believe it's a green bean that is purple. <laughs> what is what is kind of the significance for that, for that uh, Teresa? Oh, yeah, that was interesting because you have to always remember I'm the baby of the family. But my oldest brother, Vince, had saved those beans after my mom died, and they're purple and green, but mom would only say seeds if things were really good, so at the end of the season, we'd shell the dried beans, but when you boil those beans, they turn green in a couple minutes, and they're tender, and I'm sure that's why my mom would have saved that bean. Have you eaten any of those? I have. And I have not yet, but I promise you on this podcast uh, that, that I will definitely do so this summer. Right, because that's how they did seeds. They dried them and saved them from year to year. I know that a lot of the people that we serve at our food pantries are always really amazed by those when they see them. They think they're so pretty. And when we tell them that they change colors when you boil them, they always think that's pretty neat. <laughs> oh, 
I'm glad to hear that because some people look at the colored vegetables and go, oh. <laughs> it's really incredible and just all the memories that are made, all the good that it does certainly for clients too at all of our food pantries. I'm someone that kind of sometimes thinks about our a parent and, and the legacy that they left in this world. You have a very clear description of what your mom's legacy brings to the community. What does it mean to you that all these people on a regular basis, they go to the garden, they see your mom's name, and they, they probably wonder, you know, to hear a little bit more about her and about your family, uh, but at least they're seeing the name. It's, it's in their minds. What does it mean to you that your mom's name is truly cemented in our community forever? Oh, well, it, it makes me so emotional, Tom. Aw. Yeah, it makes me emotional, honey, Aww. because I saw the sacrifice, honey, that they made for us. And I remember when it was time for us to go to college, our mom would go in, in the jars and take out the money and the savings we got from the garden that we would sell door-to-door in Bellevue and got us money so we could go to pit on the streetcar. In those days, we went on the streetcar. And because of our family background, we were able to get scholarships to pit on need and scholarships. So our mom sort of reinforced that with us all the time. That thrills me to death that her name is still there. That is just wonderful. Well, Teresa, this organization is all about people helping people. You and your mom's legacy, your family, that is what our organization is all about. So, Teresa, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you at events. You know, in just a few weeks, we're going to be having 29th of July. We'll be having our 10th year anniversary event. We're thrilled that you're going to be around and, and celebrating with us very soon. So, again, Teresa Amelia, thank you so much for all that you've done for NHCO over the years. And uh, we're just proud to be your friend. Oh, you're welcome. And thank you and to all the volunteers and people who think and plan and continue the memorial. It pleases me very much. Thank you. Thanks, Teresa. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Wow, what an amazing way to close out episode number four of our Get to Know NHGO podcast and with Teresa Emilio. Such an incredible family legacy. What did you think of the interview? She's an amazing woman. She always inspires me, and we are so grateful for her and her family. Without them, the garden would not be where it is today, doing so many good things for the community. It really is remarkable to get to have the namesake of the garden on our show. The Rosalinda Sara Siriani Garden is an incredible part of what NHGO achieves every year. The work that our guests on the show... And also our garden and youth coordinator, Alyssa Crawford, is able to do every year, again, with 250 volunteers, over 5,000 pounds of produce that are harvested every year through the garden. It's really incredible, the work that's done there. Amazing. So we're so glad. We're thankful to have Teresa on the episode, Alyssa Crawford, and again, our headliner, Danelle Houston, the executive director of Grove Pittsburgh. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Get to Know NHGO podcast. If you have any ideas for upcoming podcasts, feel free to email us at podcast at nhco.org. We are all about people helping people. Thank you for being part of that with us. And for now, we'll see you next time on the Get to Know NHCO podcast.